Good morning, and welcome to The Freaks. If you've been with us before, you know what The Freaks are about. If you're new, welcome. But before we begin, you should be aware of a series of very important warnings. First and foremost, The Freaks are not for children. In all honesty, there's some grown adults that can't even handle them. The Freaks are not fake news. Nope. They've been gleaned fresh right from the unseemly underbelly of the internet. Yes, these are people who share or shared this world. And their antics are, at best, highly unusual. And at worst, mind-scarringly horrific. But no matter how you stack the freaks, and no matter how your day's going, you're gonna feel so much better about yourself when you hear about people's actions that are far and away unacceptable, mind-bogglingly ignorant, intellectually bankrupt, profoundly drunk, poor decision-making, half-wit, sanctimonious reprobates. Your life, by comparison, is gonna seem like a sweet dream. So strap on your helmets and buckle in. And if any time during the presentation of the freaks you taste blood or metal, that's normal. It's not good, but it's normal. So the door to the freak stands open, my friends. You're welcome to step through if you think you can handle it. All right, here is an update on a freak story from last week. I knew there would be a conclusion to this. The small brown cabin with a white door and a metal roof that was stolen in its entirety from northern Michigan has been recovered. It was uh, recovered about 100 miles away in Michigan. Uh, the man who lived there would uh, live there sporadically. They say it was a 12-foot by 28-foot structure. Not as uh, easy to hide as they thought. Two men apparently have been living in it. Uh, they were not there when police arrived, but uh, they're not going to have a house when they get back. And hopefully they're going to catch the guy. <laughs> People are crazy. Security footage released by police yesterday shows the thief making eye contact with a security camera before he starts to steal things. The man entered Manhattan's Museum of Sex, located... What? At, yeah, 223rd Avenue. Where's this at now? In Manhattan. Oh, Manhattan. It was about 11.26 a.m. Police said the front door the suspect used was, and this is in quotes, partially secured. So what do we can read into partially secured? Partially unsecured. So the guy walks in. He makes eye contact with the camera, and he starts to... Decides to start stealing things. What does he take? Two T-shirts. <laughs> I don't. You know, I'm I'm sure there were other valuable things in the Museum of Sex, and probably those were the most benign things. But you yeah. know what? You're in there already. All right. You know, just just go get yourself a backpack and start loading I it up. Ain't going to jail for two T-shirts. I know. Let's go. No, I almost said something would get us both fired. <laughs> just move along. Okay. Move along. All right. Well, a two-year-old male mountain lion first spotted on the street at about 1.15 p.m. Uh, in the area of the Waterworks Way near Oak Creek Community Park before it ran into a building. Uh, the people, uh, of course, are shocked. I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's a robber. Is there a shooting? What's going on? Uh, I start to walk towards the front. I see a mountain lion dart back in front of the glass. That's when everyone just starts screaming and yelling, of course. There, there is no decorum when a mountain lion is spotted. The occupants of the business said the mountain lion entered, managed to get out before authorities made their way inside. Uh, they sedated the animal. Uh, no injuries were reported. He will be taken to a veterinarian before being released. It was a big, it was a big cat. If that cat wanted to, that cat could have brought any. It was, it was one of those, he let you live because he wanted to let you live things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now remember, Max, we were talking about how stupid things could get people killed. Just the most ridiculous thing could be responsible yeah. for yeah. someone's life. Right here in Tennessee, a man is facing first-degree murder charges after he allegedly got into an argument during a game of dominoes with his no. friend Maurice Walker 
No. Pulled out a gun and shot him dead. Over dominoes? Dominoes. Come on, people. I mean, even even poker. Even Maybe there was money on the domino game. Who cares? That that's Ain't worth going to prison over that's why or you, dying. You're going to be eating corn dogs and water for the rest of your natural life with your yeah, Sodomigo because yeah. you were upset because of a Domino's argument. Yep. No, no. People don't seem to be as concerned with this next story as I think that they probably should be. If I was in charge of this school, a little bit more concerned. There's a mystery at Mark Twain Elementary School. Someone has been dropping off rubber ducks to the school every day. <laughs> Every day since the beginning of the school year. We usually find ducks, they say, sometime in the morning. Uh, the next day, they, they'll find others. All of a sudden, they're popping up everywhere. First, they were easy to find. Then they got harder and harder. They started to multiply. Next thing you know, we're finding them in libraries, on the top of ceiling fans, on desks, on bookshelves. We've got big sparkly ducks that we call disco ducks. We've got teeny baby ducks. We have ducks with themes. Like President's Day, we got a George Washington duck. We have superhero ducks, Disney ducks, Minecraft ducks. We have ducks that have themes for holidays. We have animal ducks. We have sports ducks. We have all the ducks. We've lost count. Easily over 200. Uh, Everyone likes to take a picture with the sparkly ducks. It's kind of weird to see something pop out without explanation. Someday we're going to walk in and the entire floor is going to be yellow. Uh, This week, the school started receiving (laughs) Easter egg ducks. All right. What? You know. There is something going on, and you don't know what it is. It's, right now, it seems pretty benign, but someone's sneaking into the school and leaving stuff. Yeah, that's a little scary. Next thing you know, it's going to be psychedelic ducks, and explosive ducks. Find, find whatever the find the mad ducker. That's what we need to do. Find the mad ducker. There's, there's going to be more to that story. I can almost oh, guarantee man. it. This was one time where the the heroes on the court were not necessarily the basketball players, but the cheerleaders. I like the story. Um, apparently, uh, although Logan Johnson scored 20 points to lead St. Mary's to a victory over Indiana, Nathan Paris and Cassidy Kearney are being hailed as the real heroes of the NCAA tournament game. Paris and, and Kearney aren't players. They're Indiana cheerleaders. One's a guy, one's a girl. They came to the rescue when the ball got stuck between the backboard and the shot clock. Someone shot up, and you, every once in a while you see that. It just yeah. gets jammed. Yeah. After several players and referees failed to dislodge the ball, the two cheerleaders went into action. Kearney stepped into Paris's outstretched hands, balancing herself. He pushes her over his head. Yeah. She reaches up, grabs, grabs the, the ball, ball, and it said they were met by a thundering roar from the crowd. The commentators barking, what a play! The cheerleader <laughs> saves the day! All right! And, uh, how cool is that? So uh, for, for a brief shining moment, they were the ones uh, deserving of the cheers. That's cool. cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. I could have stood on your shoulders. I don't know and if I could lift you over my head, though, Max. And I was going to say, what are you trying to say? There was a thundering, whoa, whoa, whoa. A thundering cheer as, as whoa, Max whoa, toppled whoa, like a whoa, torpedo whoa, into whoa, the hard. Whoa, whoa. What are you trying to say? That you couldn't lift me over your head? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Now this is—it's clever, and at the same time, it's very <laughs> underhanded. And the fact that it's an ex-sheriff <laughs> makes it a little bit weird. A former sheriff's deputy is behind bars after reportedly broke into the home of late NFL star. Demarius Thomas. He partied. He stole thousands of dollars in sports memorabilia and cash. Uh, Bashan Jones, 29, accused of breaking into Thomas's home in Roswell, Georgia, March 13th. He stole an ESPY award, football memorabilia, a football jersey signed by Tom Brady, several guns, 
a hyperbaric chamber and thousands of dollars in cash. According to the uh, Roswell Police Department, when officers responded to a report of a break-in, they reportedly found him partying inside the residence. You dumbass. I, I guess he knew he had passed away, and hey, no one's going to be there. Yeah. Including you. Including you. You've Now you get to be Busted. an ex-deputy that gets to go to jail, and they don't like that. They don't, no, they don't, they they don't. don't like that kind of stuff at all. No, nor take, do the people in the jail. We'll take our final break of the show and come back with a handful of freaks next. Welcome back to the Talk Monster. Quickly approaching 12 o'clock. You get your global news, your local news, and then let's talk money with uh, Jim and James. This is a, just one, a, a tragedy, a, a, just a mistake. Four years ago, inside the most prestigious hospital in Tennessee, Nurse Deronda Vaught withdrew a vial from an electronic medicine cabinet, administered the drug to the patient, and somehow overlooked the signs of a terrible and deadly mistake. The patient was supposed to get Versid, a sedative intended to calm her before being scanned by a large MRI-like machine. But Vaughn accidentally grabbed Vercronium, a powerful paralyzer, which stopped the patient's breathing and left her brain dead before the error was oh, discovered. That's awful. It was just one of those you got the deadly stuff instead of the right stuff. She admitted her mistake. She said she'd become complacent in her job and was distracted by a trainee while she operated the computerized medicine cabinet. She did not shirk responsibility for the error, but she says the blame was not hers alone. I know the reason this patient is no longer here is because of me. She started to cry. There won't ever be a day that goes by that I don't think about what she did. She's had her nursing license revoked. As you can imagine, you you give someone poison instead of... You you got to be careful. That's the reason I don't do a job like that. Yeah. I mess up here, no big deal. Yeah, what happened? (laughs) This is a rather odd irony. A Virginia newspaper reporter was one of two people killed during a shooting early Saturday outside a restaurant. Saturday would have been Sarah Jenkins' turn to cover the breaking news shift for the Virginian pilot newspaper that she worked at. An editor learned that there had been a murder of several people who had been shot. He called Jenkins repeatedly to ask her to cover it. She couldn't be reached because the phone was ringing in the pocket of one of the deceased people. So he's calling the reporter to cover her own murder. How weird is that? Oh, man. I know. Have you ever been on a, like, there's a dead person and their phone starts ringing? Oh, yeah. Do you answer it? No. Okay, I was was wondering. Is that like an invasion of their privacy? I don't know. Well, no. Well, here's a, I don't think it will be that, but it's evidence. It's evidence. And we don't touch it. A 25-year-old woman has been found dead near a waterfall. Uh, Police suspect psychedelic mushrooms played a part. Uh, The young woman uh, was out for the hike with some friends. At one point, she was standing there and just fell straight backwards on the ground, hitting her head on the rocks. She jumped up. She had dirt all over her face. Her clothing was torn. She hugged all of us, and she said, I hope you enjoy this trail. And then she hugged her friend and fell back again, hitting her head on the rocks. Uh, They're saying, do you want us to call 911? And they're going, oh, no, she's fine. She's fine. Uh, Then they went to look at the falls, uh, and she was tripping when she looked at the falls, and she tripped when she looked at the falls. And So they found her broken broken body at the the bottom. If you're going to take psychedelics, don't go anywhere dangerous. Just stay somewhere. Stay stay put. Now, this is going to be one of the strangest stories that you've... This one completely blows me away. It's called Kiraki Mundra. It's an obscure and somewhat controversial yoga practice that involves gradually severing parts of the tongue and then curling your tongue back until you can put it in your nasal cavity. 
Now, I'm talking about from inside your mouth. You know how you can stick your tongue back like you're trying to stick it down your throat? I'm about talking about arm mouth. Yeah, well, there's this thing right here that they have to cut, that yeah. little that little yeah, thing at the you, bottom of yeah, your tongue. Well, that's to keep you from swallowing your tongue. That's right. If you keep cutting that thing, you do it long enough, finally, you can stick your tongue all the way back and up into your nasal cavity. Why the hell you want to? Why you would want to do I... something like that? That sounds like the most terrifying, uncomfortable thing ever. Idiots. How, how are you going to breathe? Now your your tongue's in your nasal cavity, so you can't breathe through your nose blocking, or your mouth. I'm blocking everything. Jeez, it's kind of like swallowing your tongue. Instead of going down, it goes up. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kind of yoga devotion would make anyone do something like that. But there you go. There's people out there doing it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the people who texted in. Uh, thanks, Max, for all that you do. Coming up, Jim and Jamie from Let's Talk Money. You never know what you're going to hear. It's always fun. It's always fun. We'll see you guys tomorrow.